0: Pastor Xavier Reese paints a picture
1: of the coming glory of God. He says, The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you, but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. Here we see the Shekinah glory of God. This is what illuminates everything. Jesus said, I am the light of the world in John eight twelve. In fact, we know that John says in 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Gang violence, murder, drug abuse, rape, and kidnapping, the evening news is full of stories of sin and heartache, hopelessness and despair, but that will soon pass. That's the message of hope that Pastor Xavier brings us as we continue our study in the book of Revelation.
1: Revelation chapter 21, verse 9 all the way to chapter twenty-two, verse two. And the message is entitled The Heavenly City, the New Jerusalem. The eternal state is inaugurated right after the millennial age, as you know. Once Satan is judged for his last rebellion, the unbelievers are judged at the white throne judgment, and then the new heaven and the new earth is brought forth after the destruction of that millennial heaven and earth by fire we've seen this up to this point and as we've pointed out in our message of the eternal state once the new heaven and earth are established then the new jerusalem descends out of heaven from god and we finished up with verse 1 through 8 of chapter 21 and just by way of review let me point out these things as we continue in this The heavenly city, the New Jerusalem, is distinct from the new heaven and the new earth. Very important. And there in verse 1 of 21, the new heaven and earth are described as having no sea. In verse 2, the holy city of the New Jerusalem is described as a bride adorned for her husband. In verse 3 and 4, the new relationship of God with man is described as perfect fellowship by the absence of sin and its effects. And then, in verse 5 and 6, the stamp of authority for the genuineness of the new eternal order is described as faithful and true, reliable. And then finally, verse 7 and 8, the heirs of the new eternal order are described as overcomers. Now, having this as our foundation, let's look at the heavenly city, the New Jerusalem by the threefold description that's recorded for us here from chapter 21, verse 9, all the way to chapter 22, verse 7. Here's the threefold description that he gives us. First, from verse 9 of 21 to verse 21, the particular details of the New Jerusalem are given to us. Then, secondly, we'll look at verse 22 to 27, the particular glory. Of the New Jerusalem. And we'll finish off in chapter 22, verse 1 through 7, the particular perfection of the New Jerusalem. So, the details, the glory, and the perfection. Those are three descriptions that are given to us about the New Jerusalem. Notice verse 9 through 11. The bride is both the church and the city, as Babylon, her counterpart, was the woman and the city. So there's a parallel to that which is contrary to God and that which belongs to God through the book of Revelation. In verse 9, the identity of the city is said to be the bride, the Lamb of God. This is a literal city. It's not symbolic. The figure of speech is called metonymy, using one phrase to substitute for another, the city for the bride, the Lamb's wife. One of the seven angels, notice, who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, revealed this to John. And we've seen this throughout the book of Revelations. There's angels all over the place. And angels are casting fire from the throne of God. Angels are pointing this. Angels are doing that. There's all kinds. And the angel said, come and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. It is he who's revealing. The order, as we've seen in chapter 1, the chain of command is there. And it's given to us throughout. Now, the nature of the city is purity. Notice that in verse 10 and the beginning of verse 11. John was carried away in the spirit of the great high mountain and showed him a great city, the holy Jerusalem. And the city descends out of heaven from God. All right? It is coming from him. He's the source of this. His origin is confirmed descending out of heaven from God in verse 2. So all these things we have to mark so that we don't confuse one portion of scripture with another whether it be in the church age the thousand year reign the eternal state we want to make sure we notice the distinctions now it is not clear but some believe the city may be suspended over the new earth and that is possible but remember we said that some teach that over the millennial that doesn't happen in the millennial they confuse it okay so the city has the glory of god it is his city It is His glory. This is the eternal state. The beauty is one of a kind. If you look at verse 11, her light was like the most precious stone. Her semblance like a jasper stone. Her appearance was clear as crystal. Again, John describing to us these future things with things that he had understanding about in his present life. As if you were caught up by the Spirit and God showed you these things, you would describe them by descriptions that you knew of the 21st, the 20th and 21st century. Because there's nothing else you can describe them by but what you know. But here we see that they are a beauty. And what runs through the text is the purity. This is the eternal order. Notice in verse 12 through 14, the number of walls and gates of the city are given to us. There is a great and high wall with 12 gates. There are 12 angels guarding these respective gates. The gates have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Three gates to the east, verse 13, north, south, and west. No one being at a disadvantage to have access to God. Notice the wall of the city in verse 14 had 12 foundations, each having the names of the 12 apostles. Of the Lamb, As you know now, Ephesians 2.20 says that the foundation of the prophet and the apostles are the foundation of the church. Jesus promised many things to the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus promised many things to the 12 apostles. And here at the end, in the eternal state, you have both. And the number 12 consistent throughout the scriptures. Verse 15 through 17, you have the measurement of the city and walls. Verse 15, the one having the measuring rod is the angel. It is the angel who's measuring, not John. The city measures out 12,000 furlongs, approximately 1,500 square miles. The city is a cube, not a sphere. The city is not only flat surface area, as we'll see, but the volume will be occupied. About the size of the moon, if you look at the volume, pretty big. The Holy of Holies, if you remember, in the tabernacle and also in the Temple of Solomon was a perfect cube. I think prophetic of the new Jerusalem. 15 by 15, perfect cube in the tabernacle. Solomon's larger, but still a cube. In verse 17, the wall measured out 100 and 40 cubits, a cubit being 18 inches, though there are shorter and longer cubits, Babylonian, Egyptian cubit, but basically it's from the finger to the elbow, 18 inches. That would make the walls to be about 216 feet. In verse 18, the construction of its walls was of jasper. The construction of the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the walls in verse 19 and 20 of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, 12 to be specific. The first, jasper. Second, sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardonyx. The sixth, sardis. The seventh, chrysolite. Eighth, beryl. Ninth, topaz. Tenth, chrysophrase. The eleventh, jacinth, And the twelfth, amethyst. Remember the high priest? Over his heart, he wore on his breastplate the 12 names of the tribe of Israel, four rows, three in each row. And if you compare them, here's prophetic of it. The high priest was to bear the nation of Israel over his heart as he went as a mediator. He also had the 12 names on his shoulders, two stones, one six names, the other one six names. He was to bear the burden of the people, and he was to have them close to his heart as he represented them. Beautiful prophetic aspect of the future high priest, Jesus Christ. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. How would you like to have one of those, ladies? Each individual gate, one complete pearl in verse 21. By the way, pearls were a Gentile gem, not Jewish. The parable of the um, pearl of of great price uh, and the man who sold everything to purchase the field to obtain the pearl in Matthew 13, 46 uh, was inclusive of the Gentiles during the church age, um, Jew and Gentile being one. Notice the street in verse 21 of the city was gold, like transparent glass, Have you noticed all these gems and all these precious metals? That which is hidden, tucked away, held to be very valuable here on earth. People fight, strive, kill to possess. These things are considered to be the most common for all to see in the New Jerusalem. Isn't it kind of a a pretty vain life if you don't know Jesus Christ. All the things that people strive for here on earth, God has them in heaven. They're as common as water. (laughs) How interesting. The word street literally means a Broadway. And we're not talking about the store. Jesus says the Broadway here leads to destruction. In the New Jerusalem, the Broadway is a place of fellowship. But to get to that Broadway, you have to go through the straight and narrow. (laughs) We make those choices now before we die, not afterwards. There are many who will give you false hope, thinking that you will have a second opportunity once you die. Don't let anybody deceive you. Once you die, there is no second opportunity. You make your decision for eternity on this side of death. Just as it would be common sense to make reservations on high season for skiing in a hotel. (laughs) You just can't get up and go. Well, your chance would be much better if you did that here on earth than for heaven. You make those reservations now. Because you trust in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you. Now, be careful also that some people will say, you know, this is all figurative language and it's real colorful, it's real poetic. It's all symbolic. It doesn't mean a literal city. Uh, Newell, the commentator, puts it this way. He says, because of the literalness of its description, if gold does not mean gold, not pearls, pearls, not precious stones, stones, not exact measurements, real measurements, then the Bible gives nothing accurate or reliable. Then who's going to tell me what is what? I think that if you study the context, whenever figurative language is used, and you're a good student of the Scriptures, you will see when it's figurative, symbolic. But you will also see that sometimes figurative and symbolic language, though it's poetic in its description, it also has a literal application. So you must distinguish the one from the other. And I think studying the context will tell you that. He goes out of his way to give all these specifics to make sure that you see this is a literal city, not something that's out of his imagination. Now, consider the potential room of a 1,500 square mile cube with volume, not just surface area. It's a total of 3.375 billion cubic miles. Bringing it down so we can understand that considering a single individual occupying a building one mile long, one mile wide, and 10 feet high, there could be 1.78 trillion people occupying the New Jerusalem. 178 billion people at 100 feet high, one mile square. You can live with one mile square, right? 10 feet high, 100 feet high. This is 33 times more than the population in 1991, which was 5.3 billion. The present population is 6.3 billion. I just got it off the internet. We have grown one billion in 13 years. So, in case you're worried about being crowded, you'll be okay. These are the particular details of the New Jerusalem. They're given so that you will know them and understand them and myself. Not just when you know you're having a hard time sleeping, you turn to the book of Revelation, you're gonna read these things. So that you know them. Now notice secondly, we have the particular glory of the New Jerusalem. Verse 22 to 27. In verse 22, there's no temple. John says, but I saw no temple in it. The reason is given. For the Lord God Almighty, the Lamb, are its temple. During the seven-year tribulation, as you know, the Antichrist will build a temple for the Jews, and he will cause the sacrifice to cease and declare himself to be God, fulfilling Matthew 24, 15, and Daniel nine twenty-seven. And at that time, he will declare himself God and demand that everybody worship him. And he will give the mark, as Revelation 13 and other chapters have showed us. Yet, during the millennial kingdom, the temple is described in Ezekiel 40 to 48. Two distinct temples. We saw that. Now, here in the eternal state, God himself is a temple. The abiding place of his people. So, God gave a tabernacle in the Old Testament because... We are in a fallen state, and he gave a place where he would be able to manifest himself to minister to the priests who would himself minister to the people. That was pointing to the ministry of Jesus Christ, as we've seen through the book of Hebrews and many other books. Now, in the millennial kingdom, Jesus reigns as that high priest. Now, in the eternal order, God is the temple himself. There's no need for a temple, it's an eternal order, something that we can't even understand with these finite minds. Now, notice in verse 23, there is no sun or moon. The city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it. The reason is given once again, for the glory of God illuminates it. So he's not only the temple, but he is the very light, the very glory. Glory. The source of His glory and uh, and light is given. The Lamb is its light. Now, Isaiah the prophet not only spoke of the millennial kingdom, but I said often that he also speaks of the eternal kingdom, and you must distinguish between them. Listen to what Isaiah says regarding this eternal state. Isaiah 60, 19, and 20. He says, The sun shall no longer be your light by day, Nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you, but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. And your God, uh, your glory, your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. He's describing the eternal kingdom, because during the millennial kingdom, there will still be sun, there will still be moon. In fact, there will still be a sea. In the eternal, we've pointed out, not at all. Now, the Old Testament Shekinah glory is very common in the tabernacle, in Solomon's temple. Here we see the Shekinah glory of God, having the glory of God. Ezekiel sees the glory of God leaving the temple, and then he sees the future temple as the glory comes back. Here we have an eternal aspect, this is what illuminates everything. He is the true light that lights every man, John 1, 9 says. Jesus said, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. In fact, we know that John says in 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. No darkness, no frailty, no imperfection. He is the epitome of everything that we know. Now, look at verse 24 through 27. There will be no rebellion or opposition. Verse 24, nations and kings will exist in the eternal state and make visits to the new Jerusalem. And the nations, he says, verse 24, of those who are saved shall walk in its light and kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Now, the nations and kings are those of the millennial reign that did not follow Satan's last rebellion at the end of the thousand years. See, a lot of people read this and they say, oh, here's a contradiction. You know, he just destroyed those nations at the end of the Battle of Gog and Magog. Now, why is there nations here? See, the Bible contradicts itself. No. Not everybody's going to follow, but the majority will. And those who did not follow enter in as nations, okay? It's real simple. We bring our problems into the text, our Western mind, and we think we have God cornered. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Though Jesus reigns in the millennial kingdom, as you know, with a rod of iron, those living on the earth who have repopulated the earth, having come in from the tribulation and great tribulation, they still have a free will. They still have sin nature. We're reigning with Christ the church, but those who did not take the mark of the beast, they enter in, they repopulate. They have kids. Remember Isaiah says that they died 100 years, he died young. Okay? Those in the eternal state... This new Jerusalem are in their glorified bodies. There is no more sin nature. It's done away with. No sin, no death. Two different aspects. Now, since the new Jerusalem appears to be present or descending, it could be that the new Jerusalem is suspended over the new earth and the new heavens so that these nations and kings come and they bring their glory into the heavenly city. The inference is clear. They do not reside in the city, but the new earth that comes down. And so there's a distinction here. All nations, kings, and people will have equal access. Look at verse 25. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. So no one will be at a disadvantage in the eternal state of the new Jerusalem, complete access. The explanation is that there shall be no night there. There's no sun or moon, verse 23. There's no more sun or moon because they were created to divide the day from the night and to be for signs and seasons in Genesis 1, 14. We won't need that in the eternal state. In fact, verse 26, the purpose for their existence and coming to God is stated. stated. They shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. We are to bring all glory and honor to the Lord now, willfully of our own choice. Men love glory. Men love power. In that day, he will receive all the glory, 100%. Both words are the same. All that man will glory in and honor will be God. Just the way it should have been from the beginning. Right now, you have people who glory in themselves and you have people who glory in God. There's two families. We've seen that in 1 John. The family of God and the family of Satan. You belong to one of the two this morning. We don't mean to insult you. That's just the way the Bible says. Either you're lost or you're saved. You're a saint or an ain't. You're on your way to heaven or your way to hell. That's offensive to some people. But if you've been in this church long enough, we're not politically correct. We're biblically correct. That's how we want to be known. Very important. And when we mention these negative things, we don't do it with the smack of the lips. We do it with a broken heart in our prayers that you might come to know Jesus Christ that you might have hope not only here in this lifetime, but after you die.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of the hope that can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can request a copy of today's thought-provoking message, The Heavenly City, the New Jerusalem. You can pick up a copy for you or a friend for only $4 on CD. Now, the title to ask for once again is The Heavenly City, the New Jerusalem. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you contact us. God's Word provides all the hope we need. Be sure and tune in to the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.